Welcome to the Art of Adventure podcast. I'm your host, Mac Tegg. I'm an illustrator, and I created this podcast to get to know other artists who are creating fantasy and sci-fi artwork. Joining me today is Key of Kiki B on ArtStation. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. No problem. You know, your artwork is uh, mind-blowing, so I, as soon as I oh, saw it, I, I had to have you on the show. Um, <laughs> You're making me blush. <laughs> first, uh, let me ask you, how old are you, and uh, when did you first become interested in the fantasy genre? Well, I am 33, which in internet years makes me a certified dinosaur, <laughs> and in the art world, very young, so it's a very weird place to be. <laughs> Um, I actually can't really remember a time I didn't like fantasy. Uh, I grew up in the 90s, and fantasy was really aggressively marketed, mm -hmm. and the first movie I can ever remember watching was The Last Unicorn, and that made me love unicorns. I was nuts about them, and there are some girls who have a horse phase, and I had a unicorn phase. Nice. Um, and so there was that. But I also really was into manga and anime. So I love shows like Magic Knight Rareth and Escaflone, and they all had their own settings and their own styles. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what really, like, I guess, drew me to fantasy art. Mm -hmm. Everyone had like this long, amazing princess hair that was impossible to realistically manage. And everyone had really careful attention to costuming. Mm -hmm. And if you're familiar with my work, you're probably going, oh, yeah, this makes total sense. This yeah. makes total <laughs> sense uh, where Key started. Definitely. Um, but I didn't even play Dungeons and Dragons or anything until I was a teenager. <laughs> I played a lot of like JRPGs and Final Fantasy oh, yeah. games like that. Um, my first tabletop RPG was actually Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> and I didn't start playing Dungeons and Dragons until 3.5 was out. Oh, okay. So I haven't really been into tabletop RPGs since about, I'd say, 2004. Okay, nice. Probably like around when I got started as well. <laughs> um, how long have you been doing artwork in general? Um, I mean, I've been making art since I could hold a crayon. <laughs> um, it's what I've always been interested in. Um, my parents probably thought it was a phase, but then I never really grew out of it. <laughs> um, and so I've always been drawing and I started to think about it seriously as a career when I was in high school oh, nice. much to my parents disappointment <laughs> who encouraged you to uh, pursue art my parents didn't discourage me mm -hmm. but the vibe was always you know we see you really like this okay but how are you going to house and clothe and feed yourself <laughs> you know they they bought me art supplies and they bought me my first tablet um but the biggest thing was they bought me my first computer mm -hmm. and that introduced me to online art communities. And so I was there on DeviantArt. I was there on Elfwood. I just aged myself. Um, <laughs> Oakake, Paint Chat. Um, and I was on there like all summer. And it was pretty incredible because instead of being the art friend, everyone was the art friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like one summer, I got everyone in Paint Chat into Iron Chef, and I got a drawing of Chen Kenichi for my birthday. <laughs> um, and that just felt incredibly special to me. Yeah, that's awesome. How would you uh, describe your art style for our listeners out there who may not be familiar with your work? Um, I 
let's say it's a semi-realistic fantasy style. Um, it's very painterly. It's very soft. And um, my full illustrations, I would say, are kind of dreamlike. I've always liked surreal, sort of dreamy, like fey qualities about art. And I th think that sticks with most everything that I make. Yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what inspired your style, I guess? You mentioned uh, manga and anime. Um, are you pulling yeah, from anywhere I'd else? Say, um, the, the art school answer is that uh, James Jean, Sargent, and Leon Decker are all pretty big mm -hmm. touchstones for me. Mm -hmm. um, Sargent for like the really um, heavy strokes. Like it's very loose. He lets the strokes kind of build up naturally. There's not too much blending. Mm -hmm. And then um, James Jean, he worked on Fables for a long time, the yeah. comic book, uh -huh. but I like his later stuff a lot because it's very surreal. It's very dreamy and he uses a lot of like graphic strokes as well mixed in with his painterly style. Um, and I think uh, if you look at like the backgrounds of my art, especially I try to incorporate more graphic elements mixed in with like the soft painty stuff to kind of break it up. Um, do you pull from uh, any other forms of media besides just visual art? Um, well, uh, a few years ago, I really got into historical costuming. Mm -hmm. I was I was one of the steampunk people. <laughs> um, and we, we went to conventions, and I would do designs for a whole group. We'd have a big group costume. And I got really into costume research and like looking at historical garments and like high fashion stuff. And that never really left me. And so I'm really, I really curate like a feed of like runway, historical fashion. And then um, for fantasy, especially looking like knowing like the armor types, armor mm -hmm. periods and armor, like, I guess trying to mix in different cultures other than just European, because uh -huh. that can get pretty stale. Yeah. Um, so I'm always researching, I would guess, um, and that makes its way into a lot of my work. Nice. Um, like a lot of designs will have like traditional like Mongolian elements and things like that, or like traditional uh, Hanfu color palettes. And I don't know, I think it's really fun. I, I guess that might be boring for a lot of people, <laughs> but I enjoy the research aspects. Uh, well, I mean, I really appreciate the stuff you're doing because you, um, I mean, there's so much just, you know, white male European history, I guess, in fantasy art, and you're really trying yeah, to step away from that. Yeah, it can get pretty stale. Yeah, and I really appreciate it. I love seeing, you know, women and people of color uh, represented in the fantasy genre because it's a point of view that we don't get to see very often. So thanks. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I, uh... It's important to me that people, I guess, feel seen when they look at fantasy art and they can like imagine themselves as that character or even close to that character. I don't know if, you know, just a typical, it's, it's human man and he has a glowing sword, mm -hmm. um, appeals to a huge amount of people. Mm -hmm. um, and the fantasy genre audience is expanding all the time, which I think is really cool. Yeah, um, the amount of people that even play D&D &D today would have blown my mind when I first started playing. <laughs> yeah. Like no one even knew what it was. Um, and now I can't, you know, everyone's like, oh, I just started playing D&D. &D. Let me tell you about my character. And I'm like, I would have loved to have, started out in the in tabletop 
um, with this amount of enthusiasm. Right. It's really amazing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible how the negativity of the whole pandemic has really helped the TTRPG community mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, wouldn't have happened naturally for like probably another five or ten years at least. It was very exciting. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, small creators, and it's really, I don't know, I've never, I've never, I guess, existed in the space when there's so many people looking to actually create stuff yeah. for tabletop RPGs rather than just consume and play. What was um, kind of the first indicator to you that you could have a career in, in being a, an artist, especially for the fantasy community? I guess it's when people started asking me if I did commissions, mm. and I was posting pretty much uh, only my characters I played for tabletop RPGs at the time uh-huh. on DeviantArt. Um, I was playing, I was probably playing uh, Vampire the Requiem, I was probably playing some some form of Dungeons and Dragons, um, and people just asked me if I would draw their characters for money. I was like, oh, sure. (laughs) And I I charged way too little. Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually I realized that people kept coming back. And I was like, hmm, well, this might be a good alternative to retail. (laughs) And unfortunately, I didn't go full-time until I was out of school. And so I didn't start freelancing full-time until around 2012. I see. What is a project that you've worked on that you were extremely excited about? Uh, very recently, um, I did the cover for Venture Maidens um, by TC Gaming. It's their it was it started as an actual play podcast, and now they have their own campaign setting um, from all the work that they've done over the years. And I was just going through Twitter and I saw someone lamenting. They're like, is there an artist that is available for commissions that actually answers their email? (laughs) And I just sent off a tweet. I do this, I don't know, I probably do this three times a day. I didn't expect anything from it. Mm -hmm. But um, I talked to Celeste and she was like, we're really huge fans. We want you to do this, these three sisters of fate for the cover. And it's supposed to be kind of spooky, kind of uh, dreamlike. And I was like, yes, finally. This is totally my jam. Um, And it was a great experience. Uh, We worked together really well. Uh, They had great feedback. And it was the tightest deadline I've ever had. But um, it was wonderful. And I look forward to doing more stuff with Venture Maidens. Nice. Did you go to school for art at all? Uh, yes, but I did not go to art school. I was actually rejected from every art school I ever applied to. Wow. <laughs> um, and I applied multiple times. Dang. Uh, it was it was pretty disheartening um, being the person in high school, sending out all your college applications and then getting no acceptance letters. Mm-hmm. So I went to community college for three years and I was working retail the whole time and then I finally uh, got accepted into the University of Washington which is just my state public school Uh and I did their uh, fine arts program painting and drawing and so there was no digital art everything was oils and charcoal and that's basically my art education background was completely fine arts Um, which I think was actually a great thing for me. I think 
the structure of a learning environment like that really helps me. I was really stubborn in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized how much I had to learn until I realized I was the worst person in my art class. <laughs> like I went from being the best artist in my school to mm -hmm. the worst person in my class. Yeah. And it was a very humbling experience. And I was like, I can kind of see why I wasn't accepted to art school. Um, but I learned a lot. Um, I know the professors there and it didn't cost me $51,000 a year to go there, <laughs> yeah. which is what it costs to go to RISD now. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little like shocked. It's so expensive. Yeah. So I did get a formal or education background, but I work almost entirely digital now. Nice. Yeah, I can definitely see the traditional techniques uh, creeping in on your artwork. Oh, yeah. I, I use like two layers. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> It's all very simple. It certainly doesn't look that way. Um, is anyone else in your family artistic? Not really in the same way. Uh, my grandmother did a lot of knitting and my grandfather did woodworking, hmm. but no one is was into painting or the fine arts or anything. Um, my dad can draw a stick figure and he's really <laughs> proud of that. <laughs> uh, are you working on uh, anything uh, exciting at the moment? that you can talk about? Yeah, I have NDAs, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's a project I do when I'm not doing um, private commissions, mm -hmm. and that's I like to do like atypical fantasy characters or, or like less seen, and I do them as um, stock art mm. so that they're very accessible for small creators. Um, I only have two packs right now. It's kind of slow going because I can only do it in my free time. Yeah. But I did one of uh, four different elves, and then I have some more like modern-looking tieflings. But the elves are like um, they have deep skin tone, they have curly hair, they have armor that's not boob plate. Um, one has a prosthetic leg. Hmm. Um, just stuff that you don't see very often. Yeah, and stuff art that I think a lot of smaller creators couldn't afford to commission me for. Mm -hmm. um, I've been trying to, like, like I said, make that make these characters more accessible for people to use so maybe they won't be so unusual, I guess, uh -huh. one day. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I have a half-work uh, pack that I'm trying to work on, and it's like a, there's a diplomat, there's a, a half-work wizard, um, just half half works that you don't they're not like you know half orc barbarian mm -hmm. things that you always see i'd like to see them in like you know something new something fresh that's really cool i like that idea <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about um the tools and uh techniques that you use to create your artwork yes i am um always start with research nowadays. I always gather references. Um, if I don't really know where to start, um, I have a whole bunch of um, stock pose packs that I've bought mm. from like Howard Leon. Um, he photographs dancers and just really wonderful lighting. Mm. Um, and it's pretty cheap. I think it was only like $16, but there's like, I don't know, 800 poses or so that for each of these packs and I'll choose one. I like the dancers because they have a lot of movement and flexibility and you get 
after so many characters, you get really tired of just drawing them standing there. <laughs> and so I'll start there. And then um, if I'm doing a costume design, I'll go and I'll kind of like feel out my references, feel out like what's kind of trending and like what kind of textures I want or colors. Um, if I want to work in a certain armor style or a certain um, cultural influence, mm -hmm. And then I'll, uh, I'll actually start drawing. Uh, I use Clip Studio Paints, mm. and I find it pretty much does everything that I need an art program to do. Um, I only I use one brush pretty much for painting mostly, mm. and then I have a bunch of. Um, well, this year I got a bunch of texture brushes because Clip Studio updated it, and now it can use Photoshop files. <laughs> nice. And so I feel kind of like a little kid, like using all these texture brushes and like not really knowing how to properly use them, just kind of throwing stuff down and seeing what looks cool. Um, and uh, it probably takes me, it probably takes me about five hours to do a portrait if everything goes well. And then maybe like eight to 15 for like a full character or like a costume mm -hmm. design set or a lot longer if I'm, having a bad week and <laughs> <laughs> uh so it seems like you work pretty fast actually yes um i've got i've got drawing faces down to a very good workflow nice um, do you uh, have tutorials or anything online i have some very old tutorials floating around on my tumblr mm -hmm. um and i have a youtube channel where i've uploaded just like um speed not really speed paints they're just painting process videos that i've sped up to a reasonable length mm -hmm. Um, but every time someone asks me, how do you, how do you paint? I feel like I disappoint them greatly because <laughs> I don't have any like tips or tricks. I'm like, get a really good reference yeah. and, um, pay attention to your color temperature and your, the strength of your strokes. And do you want to just watch this video and maybe that'll answer better <laughs> than I could. How did you come across Clip Studio Paint? I had been using Open Canvas um, for way too long, for like a decade, and it was it was clear to me that I needed something else. But I hated the Photoshop. I hate the UI. Mm -hmm. It's just completely unintuitive to me. I need something easy. I don't have an iPad. I can't use Procreate. Mm -hmm. um, but I saw Clip Studio like come up on. It might have been Steam or like Humble Bundle or something. It was, and it goes on sale all the time. And so I was like, well, I tried the new open canvas and I hated it. Maybe I'll try the trial for this. And I was like, oh, this is really easy. Hmm. I don't have to think about using the tools here. I think I'm gonna get this. And it was only $25. Oh, wow. um, it's pretty incredible. And they're adding new features all the time. I'm not shilling for Clip Studio, <laughs> but I just think it's a, it's a great Adobe alternative. Huh. Earlier, you mentioned playing games like Final Fantasy. Uh, what other um, like video games inspired you? I have, well, the thing is, I can't play a lot of video games. Mm. Um, I get, I, get a tr I guess, motion sensitivity, oh, and yeah. I get triggered migraines pretty often from first-person view or... If someone has too much camera head bob, or if there's like a fisheye lens or all three, like Bioshock. <laughs> um, 
but I've always enjoyed JRPGs. I I guess I really like games with a very distinct uh, art direction. Mm. Games like Journey, um, games like Spirit Fair come to mind. As a, but as a teenager, JRPGs were huge. Right. I also played a lot of older games. I played, uh, I had a Super Nintendo emulator, and I played like Chrono Trigger. I played, um, the summer I just finished Suikoden 1 and 2, which the art is not for everyone, but I find it extremely charming in that like kind of like sepia early 2000s way. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think a lot of games from the PlayStation 1 era have a really interesting art style it's still it's still hand drawn but it's kind of like translated through a computer mm-hmm. and there's always that struggle not to make it look too i guess too slick i guess a lot of games are too are focused on realism and that's kind of where the art direction stops and dies mm-hmm. um and so the games that go beyond that are um the ones that really get me i'm trying to think of the games that i'm playing right now i'm playing um narita boy which i never thought i would play it's a metroidvania game and i'm not very good at those but the art direction is amazing it's uh like a crt um like the the retro pixel graphics Mm. but interpreted through a dream and so there's like these giant chunky monsters that have giant crt heads (laughs) And everything has this, like, neon, like, glow fade. It's extremely cool. Nice. Um, and I think those are the types of games that get me the most. The ones that feel like the setting is real and the characters exist in this world and they chose to look the way they do. Mm. So I don't play a lot of... Um, I don't play a lot of uh, shooters or MMOs because I feel like you really a lot of those games kind of lose that in favor of, I guess, you know, tight gameplay. Mm -hmm. So I guess some style over substance in some ways. (laughs) So when you're creating your original characters, do you work within a world that you've built in your head or do you kind of um, pull more from external sources? When I make like a character for tabletop, RPG, I try to stick within the setting. Um, currently, the one that I have is part of an original setting that I got to kind of work with. So I got to feed in like different like cultural influences, I guess, and we've built upon that. But if I if someone just comes to me and they're like, I have a character for Faerun, mm-hmm. and can you make me a character design? I'll try and get a sense of the character's like personality. Um, their background and what they kind of, I guess, their preferences to sort of like build a design that this character would choose to wear Mm. and reflects, I guess, their surroundings. So if someone came to me with, um, I actually, I'll use this as an example. They had a half-orc, I guess, barbarian, but they were, they're kind of a a wanderer type. Mm And they said that um, in their game, um, this barbarian's like culture is kind of like inspired by the Silk Road. I'm like, okay, well, we could do something very different. Um, and so I tried to go with um, traditional Mongolia and traditional Han Chinese vibes. I, tr- I like used like 
the boots and the leather work from Mongolia, and then I kind of like mixed that in with, um, tr uh, I guess, uh, Chinese high fashion designer that's really popular right now. They're called Heaven's Gaia. Nice. And so I tried to mix, I guess, past and present into something that feels unique to that character. Is there a certain type of fantasy race and or traditional fashion, I guess you could call it, uh, that you really like drawing or one that you don't? Um, I really like drawing elves. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> Not like ev everything in my portfolio seems to have pointy ears. But I've always liked elves. Um, I guess they're the closest to the fae in a traditional RPG setting. I've always liked fairies. I've always been a huge fan of, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, Changeling oh, yeah. from on Onyx Path. I played a lot of Changeling. I did a lot of Changeling designs. Hmm. Um, and I think elves, you know, they're, they're elegant, they're beautiful, but they're also kind of spooky. Mm -hmm. um, and just how disconnected they can be from I guess everyone else since they live so long oh, yeah. um, the fantasy race I don't enjoy drawing would be hmm. Hmm. could include creatures Rob as well I just don't enjoy I don't think that my style is very suited towards a very like hard gritty beefy mm. sort of characters. So I always tell people, like, please don't ask me to draw Gimli. I'm not... He's going to have soft, sensitive eyes. It's going to look really weird. I'm just not the person that you should go to to draw Gimli or your really gritty, beef, McCard chunk character. <laughs> I, could, I could do it, but it might look really weird, and I'm not going to have a great time uh -huh. doing it. You know, I like really soft, really... I guess, feminine styles. And, um, yeah, I usually try to turn people away that ask me to draw stuff like that. <laughs> I don't think I have a, a creature that I don't enjoy drawing. Um, maybe, you know, I wish I was better at drawing dragons. Same. <laughs> I had a dragonborn character, and I, I suffered for a while trying to just draw them yeah. consistently. And I'm like, oh, man, dragons are difficult, and I don't know which direction to go because you can't just reference a dragon mm -hmm. exactly yeah you can reference different kinds of lizards but you know it's going to end up looking like a a cute gecko instead of a dragon yeah. if you reference too hard uh -huh. <laughs> or you're just looking at somebody else's artwork yeah i don't want to just you know copy someone some better artist's dragon <laughs> drawing i want to do it myself when you were a kid what did you want to be when mm -hmm. you grew up when I was in the second grade, I wanted to be a paleontologist um, because Jurassic Park mm. had just come out, <laughs> and it was the thing every kid loved. I, al I also loved dinosaurs. I thought they were incredibly cool, like every kid who saw Jurassic Park. Um, but after that, um, I think I wanted to be a doctor because my parents you know, were really happy to hear me say that. <laughs> um, and then I became a teenager, and I said, I want to be a character design for Squaresoft. That's what I want to do. It doesn't matter that I can't speak Japanese or that I have no experience. That's what—that's my ultimate career goal, is to draw as many belts on one character as possible. <laughs> just, just like these characters right here. 
Um, and I probably said that for an embarrassing amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't until I think college that I really decided that I could do fantasy illustration and that people needed illustration for like, you know, their uh, source books and their book covers and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I, I really understood the tabletop industry yeah. when I first got in and like what they actually need. Um, I, I actually sent my portfolio to Wizards of the Coast a very long time ago and I'm embarrassed thinking about it now, thinking about where my skill level was. Uh -huh. But I got I got a reply from the art director wow. at the time and he was very he was very kind and very patient. Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't had the gusto to send my portfolio in ever since. I mean, I think you're extremely talented. And, uh, yeah, the work you're putting out is, is definitely, you know, worthy of being published. So I, I don't think you should feel oh, well. so uh, sheepish about such a thing. <laughs> oh, thank you. I just, uh, I look at, you know, the, the Magic the Gathering cards mm -hmm. and I'm like, boy, that's a... A whole background they've done, isn't it? And I don't have anything like that in my portfolio because char obviously characters and faces are the things I love to paint the most. Yeah. Um, and when you uh, when you freelance, you tend to you know, unless you work on a personal project, that's what goes into your portfolio, mm -hmm. and you get in this catch twenty two of, well, I should have more backgrounds and more full illustrations, but gosh, that's not what's paying my bills right now. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to give you an opportunity to plug any artists or otherwise that you think people should be following. Um, if you are not following um, Nephelomancer, you should. If you like extremely surreal, dreamlike artwork, um, all of their stuff, all of, I think it's um, they, them, uh, First, they're great with costuming. Second, all of their work looks like it came from a very clear dream. And it has that really, like, kind of, I don't want to keep saying spooky, but it's, like, spooky and beautiful. Um, just surreal imagery, like uh, like a black pyramid rising out of the sea or an antler, like, with um, wonderful subsurface scattering, like, in a pool in sunlight. I would highly recommend um, following them. I actually follow a lot of environmental artists. Um, even though I'm a character artist, I, uh, I think I like consuming environment art a little bit more. Her name is Annie Rochier. Uh, she goes by Annie-R. Um, and I've been following her work for a long time. I don't think she knows who I am, but... Um, she used to draw on Oakaki these um, silent hill scenes, and she's sort of grown into a beautiful fantasy landscape artist with just beautifully crisp textures. It's sort of, I guess it's sort of like um, Studio Ghibli in that like, kind of like uh, really vibrant, um, really lush environments um, and it's all hand-drawn and it's extremely beautiful and I would highly encourage you to check her out. Um, I think everyone probably knows who Claire Hummel is but she's been one of my favorite artists for a very long time. Um, she, I think everyone knows her from the historical Disney princesses 
but um, she also does, a, she's, I think she's the art director for Valve right now, but she did uh, the design for Young Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite, and um, she just went through so much care, like, researching the 1910s period, researching what girls, you know, wore to school, basically, um, and all of her art has that really careful attention to detail. She's also done my favorite Adventure Zone fan art. <laughs> Um, if, if you're a fan of the Adventure Zone, um, she did this wonderful piece of uh, the 11th hour when they're in refuge. And everyone has, um, you know, the fantasy jorts and the skirt and Steve and the goldfish and the Extreme Team Bible. And if you like really um, particular uh, expressive characters or you really like uh, rocks, she's really great at um, painting landscapes, too. She's... Um, I would highly recommend that you Claire, check out Claire Hummel, um, or I think her handle is still Shumla. Where can people find you? I guess I already talked about it. <laughs> Go ahead. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Keychan. I made it in 2008, and uh, that's that's the Twitter handle I got. You can find me on ArtStation at Kikibi. You can find me at Kofi at Kikibi. That's where I do all my private commission work. And you can find my stock art on DriveThruRPG under Key W. Um, I only have two packs right now, but they are, once you buy them, they're yours to do what you want. Um, that was the... They're, that was the idea for the stock art. So I guess you can keep looking back there. I'll probably announce on my Twitter whenever I have a new pack um, when I get the time. But yeah, that's where you can find me. All right, great. I uh, just want to thank you again for joining us or me today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for inviting me. I hope uh, half of what I said was usable. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a great time. So yeah, thanks again. <laughs> See you around. Thank you very much. Bye. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, check out theartofadventurecast.com. And if you'd like to see some of my artwork, check out mactag.com. This has been the Art of Adventure podcast. Thank you for listening.